The Anatomy of Story, Chapter 6, Episode 41. Creating the Story World, Writing Exercise 5. Story World in One Line. Use the designing principle of your story to come up with a one-line description of the story world. Overall Arena. Define the overall arena and how you will maintain a single arena throughout the story. Remember, remember that there are four ways to do this. One, create a large umbrella and then cross-cut and condense. Two, send the hero on a journey through generally the same area, but one that develops along a single line. Three, send the hero on a circular journey through generally the same area. Four, make the hero a fish out of water. Value oppositions and visual oppositions. Return to the character web of your story and identify the value oppositions between your characters. Assign visual oppositions that complement or express these value oppositions. Land, people, and technology. Explain the unique combination of land, people, and technology that will make up the world of your story. For example, your story may take place in a lush wilderness inhabited only by small nomadic groups using the simplest of tools. Or it may play out in a modern city where nature has virtually disappeared and technology is highly advanced. System. If your hero lives and works in a system, or systems, explain the rules and hierarchy of power, along with your hero's place in that hierarchy. If a large system is enslaving your hero, explain why he is unable to see his own enslavement. Natural settings. Consider if any of the major natural settings, ocean, outer space, forest, jungle, desert, ice, island, mountain, plain, or river, are useful to your story world as a whole. Make sure you don't use any of them in a predictable or implausible way. Weather. In what way might weather help you to, to detail your story world? Focus on dramatic moments in the story, such as revelations and conflicts, when using special weather conditions. Again, avoid cliches. Man-made spaces. How do the various man-made spaces in which your characters live and work help you express the story structure? Miniatures. Decide if you want to use a miniature. If you do, what is it and what precise, precisely does it represent? Becoming big or small. Is it appropriate for a character to become big or small over the course of the story? How does it reveal the character or theme of your story? Passageways. If a character moves from one subworld to a very different subworld, Come up with a unique passageway. Technology. Describe the crucial technology in your story, even if it involves only the most mundane and everyday tools. Heroes change or world change. Look again at the overall change in your hero. Decide whether the world will change along with the hero or not, and how. Seasons. Is one or more of the seasons important to the story? If so, try to come up with a unique way to connect the seasons to the dramatic line. Holiday or ritual. If the philosophy of a holiday or ritual is central to your story, decide in what way you agree or disagree with that philosophy. Then connect the holiday or ritual at the appropriate story points. Visual seven steps. Detail the visual subworlds that you will attach to the main structure steps in your story. Look especially at these structure steps. One, weakness or need. Two, desire. Three, opponent. Four, apparent defeat or temporary freedom. Five, visit to death. 6. Battle. 7. Freedom or Slavery. Figure out how to connect the major natural settings and man-made spaces to the subworlds you use. Concentrate on the following three subworlds. 1. Weakness subworld. 
If your hero starts the story enslaved, explain how the initial subworld is an expression or accentuation of the hero's great weakness. 2. Opponent subworld. Describe how the opponent's world expresses his power and ability to attack the hero's great weakness. 3. Battle subworld. Try to come up with a place of battle that is the most confined space of the entire story. As practice, let's break down the story world of one of the most popular stories ever written. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Story world in one line. A school for wizards in a giant magic. Start over. A school for wizard in a giant magical medieval castle. Overall arena. All of the Harry Potter stories combine myth, fairy tale, and the schoolboy coming of age story. Parenthetical. As in goodbye, Mr. Chips. As in goodbye, Mr. Chips. Tom Brown's School Days, and Dead Poet Society. So Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone uses the fantasy structure of beginning in the mundane world and then moving to the main arena, which is the fantasy world. That world and arena is the Hogwarts School, set in a castle surrounded by lush nature. The story plays out over the course of the school year in a large but defined place with seemingly infinite subworlds. Value Oppositions and Visual Oppositions The story has a number of value oppositions, on which the visual oppositions are based. Number one, Harry and the Wizards of Hogwarts versus Muggles. The first opposition is between wizards and muggles. Muggles, who are average, non-magical people, value possessions, money, comfort, sensual pleasure, and themselves above all. The wizards of Hogwarts school value loyalty, courage, self-sacrifice, and learning. Visually, muggles live in average suburban houses on average suburban streets where everything is homogenized to look the same, where there is no magic and no community, and nature has been so tame that it's almost gone. The Hogwarts' world is a magical kingdom unto itself, a huge castle surrounded by wild nature, a school that teaches not only magic, but also the values on which the school was founded. Number two, Harry versus Lord Voldemort. The main opposition is between good wizard Harry and evil wizard Voldemort. Where Harry values friendship, courage, achievement, and fairness, Voldemort believes only in power and will to do anything, including committing murder, to get it. Harry's visual world is the shining city on the hill, the community of scholars at Hogwarts. Voldemort's world is the dark forest that surrounds the school and the dark underworld below the school where his power is strongest. Number three, Harry versus Draco Malfoy. The third major opposition is student to student. Young Draco Malfoy is aristocratic and disdainful of the poor. He values status and winning at all cost. Draco is set in visual opposition to Harry, Ron, and Hermione by being placed in a competing house, Slytherin, with its own flags and colors. Land, people, and technology. The story is set in the present, but it is really a throwback to an earlier earlier societal stage with a very different combination of land, people, and technology than the audience expects. This is a modern-day prep school set in a medieval world of castles, lakes, and forests. The technology is another hybrid, magic with a high-tech sheen, where the latest witch's broom is the Nimbus 2000, and the techniques of magic are taught with all the depth and rigor of a modern-day university. Systems. The Harry Potter stories fuse two systems, the prep school and the world of magic. This fusion is the gold of the story idea, and worth billions of dollars.
writer J.K. Rowling has taken great pains to detail the rules and workings of this hybrid system. The headmaster and head wizard is Professor Dumbledore. Teachers such as Professor McConnell, McGonagall, McGonagall, and Professor Snap teach courses in potions, defense against the dark arts, and herbology. Students are divided into four houses. Grinfador, Slytherin, Hufflepuff, and Ravenclaw. The wizard world even has its own sport, Quidditch, with as precise a set of rules as any sport in the real world. As a first-year student who is only 11, Harry is at the bottom of the hierarchy in this world. His great potential suggests he will rise to the top over the course of the seven stories in seven years. But for now, he represents the audience, and they learn how this magical system works at the time he does. Natural Settings Hogwarts Castle is built beside a mountain lake and is, is surrounded by the dark forest. Weather Weather is used to some dramatic effect, but in a fairly predictable way. It is raining heavily when Hagrid arrives at the hut where Harry's foster family has hidden. There is lightning on Halloween when the troll attacks the school, and it is snowing um, on Christmas, snowing at Christmas. Man-made spaces. Rowling makes full use of the techniques of man-made spaces in storytelling. She sets up the magic world by first showing the mundane. For his first 11 years, Harry lives enslaved in a bland suburban house on a bland suburban street. After learning he is a wizard, Harry in effect goes back in time when he and Hagrid go shopping on the 19th century Dickinson Street of Dagon Alley. The street is still recognizably English, but its quaint shops and swirl of community make it an exciting halfway house on the journey to the magical medieval kingdom of Hogwarts School. Along with Hollivander's one shop is Gringotts Bank, whose goblin clerks and cavernous vaults suggest a Dickens seeing Dickinson Hall of the Mountain King. Harry then takes a 19th century locomotive, the Hogwarts Express, deep into the fairy tale world of Hogwarts. The castle of Hogwarts School is the ultimate warm house with infinite nooks and crannies filled with a community of students and teachers. The center of the warm house is the great dining hall, the cathedral-like space hung with banners that hark back to King Arthur in the days of chivalry. This is where the community comes together as a whole and where all can give praise when one of their uh, members has done well. Within this warm house is a labyrinth, labyrinth of diversity. This esture-like stairways shift position and lead to often unpredictable locations. Students must use a secret password to get to their rooms. This warm house also has its terrifying places. There is a forbidden area on the third floor, dusty and empty, with a room and a trapdoor guarded by the huge three-headed dog. This trapdoor is really the passageway to the cellar-like underworld of the school. Down there is a room with giant chess pieces, and the battle of the mind played out there is a life-and-death struggle. Miniatures. The sport of Quidditch is a miniature of this magical world and Harry's place in it. Just as Hogwarts is a hybrid of the boarding school and the world of magic, Quidditch combines rugby, cricket, and soccer with flying broomsticks, witchcraft, and the jousting contest of the Knights of Old England. Through Quidditch, the two archival houses in the school, Gryffindor and Lytherin, Slytherin, can engage in mock witch battle and show off the more spectacular action elements of their craft. As befits his reputation as a wizard of great potential, Harry wins the coveted role as his team's seeker, and he is the youngest to fill the position in a century. 
Of course, the concept of the seeker has larger connotations for myth and philosophy, and it describes Harry's overall quest, not just in Sorcerer's Stone, but in, in the entire Harry Potter series. Becoming big or small. This technique is not used much in Sorcerer's Stone, but the three friends, in effect, become small when they must battle the giant troll in the bathroom. Their three-headed dog is enormous, and Hagrid is a gentle giant. Passageways. Rowling uses three passageways in the story. The first is the brick wall Hagrid opens by spinning the bricks like a rubric's cube. With this gateway, Harry moves from the mundane world of his muggle upbringing to the wizard street of Diagon Alley. Second passageway is platform nine three quarters at the train station, where Harry follows the Wesley brothers, Wesley boys, right through the brick archway to board the Hogwarts Express. The final passageway is the trapdoor to the underworld of Hogwarts, guarded by the three-headed dog. Technology. The technology is among the most inventive of all the elements of Sorcerer's Stone and is fundamental to the huge popularity of the Harry Potter series. This is magic tech, and it has the dual appeal of the power of modern high technology allied with the charm of animals and magic. For example, owls deliver the mail by dropping it into the hands of the recipient. Wands, the ultimate tool of the wizard's power, are sold in a special wand store, and each wand chooses its owner. The favorite method of personal transportation is the broomstick, and the latest model, the Nimbus 2000, has specs as quantified as a computer's. The sorting hat, hat reads the mind and heart of its wearer and determines what house fits him best. Rolling even creates tools that signify false change and false value. The wish mirror takes one of the classic tools of storytelling, indeed, a symbol for storytelling itself, and shows the viewer what he most desperately dreams of becoming. The image he sees is a double of the self, but it shows a false desire on which the viewer can waste his entire life. The invisibility cloak, a tool from ancient philosophy, allows the wearer to exercise his deepest desires without paying a cost. It allows him to take greater risk, but the danger if he fails is huge. The sorcerer's stone can turn metal into gold and make an elixir so that the drinker never dies. But that is false growth, a change that has not been earned by hard work. Heroes change and world change. By the end of the story, Harry has overcome the ghost of his parents' death and learned of the power of love. But the timeless Hogwarts school, set within a lush natural world, does not change. Seasons. Rolling connects the circularity of the school year, including the seasons, with the deeply natural setting of Hogwarts school. This creates a subtle tie between the maturation of the students, especially Harry, Harry and the wisdom and rhythms of nature. Holiday or ritual. Sorcerer's Stone includes Halloween and Christmas as punctuation points in the rhythm of the school year, but the author doesn't comment on the underlying philosophy of either. We'll stop there and then pick up uh, tomorrow with Harry's problem, Ghost.